This is Friends of Foster Care, a podcast sponsored by Fostering Hope Catawba. Fred Rogers said, We live in a world in which we need to share responsibility. It's easy to say, it's not my child, not my community, not my problem. Then there are those who see the need and respond. I consider those people my heroes. Our host, Leanne Setliff, is a seasoned foster parent hero in Catawba County through the Department of Social Services. Over 26 children have found a home with her and her husband. Two of these children they adopted. Now, Leanne is on a journey to tell the story of fostering children in Western North Carolina. It's certainly not always easy, but we are in need of heroes chronicled here to show that we are part of the solution in our community. Let's listen in. Welcome to this episode of Friends of Foster Care podcast. I am thrilled today because we have Maurice Brown, who is a a social worker at Catawba County DSS. He's a foster care social worker. Um, And I had the privilege um, of Maurice being one of my social workers for the kids, one of the kids in my home. So Maurice, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Good Um, morning. We are excited (laughs) that you are here. Um, so we're just gonna we're gonna jump right in. So Maurice, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then how you found yourself um, as a so- social worker. Um, I think there you were a football player at one point, right? Tell us, tell us, tell us the story. I'm gonna tell you. I wish I was a football player, but uh, no. I, my name is Maurice Brown. I'm foster care social worker. Um, I've been working at Catawba County DSS for a little over two years um, at this point. Um, how did I get into social work? I think I was being primed um, when I was a, a young a young kid. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood that was, you know, it was underdeveloped. It was an un- uncomfortable living environment, and I would see social workers come in and out of of my 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 the project building that I resided in, and I always viewed them as people that wanted to help. And that was helping people that needed help. And um, I don't know, I always saw myself in that position. And, you know, when I got to college, of course, I didn't really think about it anymore. But even as I grew up, we uh, adopted, my grandmother adopted, well, we fostered um, some siblings. And then we wound up adopting three three siblings. Um, So I kind of had that experience from, you know, from a child and I'm not realizing that I would, you know, be here today working as a foster care social worker. So it was pretty cool. That is cool. Where did I make the football thing up? Did you uh, No, I played basketball, actually. Basketball. Okay. <laughs> Leanne, right. I, know I'm, I know I'm a short guy and, you know, <laughs> I know I'm high, height challenge, uh, but I did play basketball. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I thought that was part of your story. And you didn't grow up, right? Say that one more time. Did you grow up in North Carolina? No, I grew up in um, I grew up in New York, um, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I did attend, uh, the college I attended was St. John's University, where I played four years um, basketball. Okay, so I just got the wrong sport. That's okay. <laughs> so, now, did you do something before 
social work? Is social worker kind of a second career for you? Um, I actually, I've worked in the mental health field for a really long time. I've worked with, um, in group homes, um, I've worked, I've done, I've done a lot of services, um, intensive in-home services, um, worked the day treatment programs, um, with children that, you know, struggle in the regular school setting. Um, so I've had, I've had a, a, a long history of working with, in the mental health field, just never from, you know, from the DSS standpoint. Um, so this is kind of my first go at it. And, um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I would say that that background allows you to bring a lot to the table. Um, yes. Yeah, it, the, being a, um, like I was a qualified professional in um, a lot of a lot of the facilities that I worked in, so that gave me the case management experience. Very cool. So really helpful. Yeah, I I love hearing your background. That's pretty cool. Thank um, you. So one of the things as a a we'll, we'll call me like a lay person, somebody who's not in the the social work field is that before I was involved with DSS at all, I just thought there was one kind of social worker, um, but there's not, there's lots of social workers. Um, and we can even take that farther into saying there's even different social workers within child welfare. So there's CPS, which is like investigations and, and in home and that type of thing. And then there's foster care, um, which is what you are. Um, and then at least at Catawba County, there's um, what they call like adoptions. Adoption. And so like, I, I don't know if other counties kind of divide them up that way, but I know that Catawba County does. So um, yeah. for a foster care social worker specifically, right? That's um, correct. So tell me a little bit um, about what you do and um, kind of what your, your role is within that specific social work set at Catawba County. So... Being a foster care social worker, my role is when children are placed, when they're taken, you know, into custody and they're placed in a, either a licensed foster home or a kinship um, placement, I begin working with the families. Um, I begin working with the children, uh, the biological parents, uh, placement provider, um, and my role is to work with the parents towards reunification. Um, and in order for that process to take place, the parents will have to meet with myself um, and develop a case plan um, to prevent any barriers um, or to prevent any issues of the child, um, you know, once the child returns to the parent's home. If it makes if it gets to that point, um, but my role is pretty much to work with the parents to try to reunify. And if 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 up to a year, nine months to a year, the parents haven't really made any um, significant progress um, with their case plan, then we will look to you know we'll look at another plan at that point in time. Yeah. So, and most case plans typically involve mental health substance abuse, um, help, stable housing, stable income, and parenting kind of, usually that kind of, that's what you're kind of working with each, each yeah. things, and, and, and referring people to the people who can actually help. And, yeah, and it, and it really depends on what the children, you know, what the child came into care for, um, you know, so it would, it's, it's, it's case specific, um, so if they, you know, the issue is substance abuse, then of course, 
we'll make recommendations for substance abuse um, assessment and, you know, follow through with any recommendations. Um, if the issue is housing, you know, you work with the family with, with trying to find, you know, um, find appropriate housing, um, employment, um, like all, all issues that they, they have, I could say that we can also, you know, we can provide them with a provider. We can link them with a provider that can help with some of those issues. Um, and you so also go to, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You also get to go to court, right? Yes. <laughs> Love court, I guess. No, nah, no, I don't. <laughs> no, but that process um, kind of. Because ultimately, me. ultimately DSS helps with the case, but it's the judge who makes the, the final decision on things as well. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Um, we, we can make recommendations all day long, but if the judge wants to, you know, you know, override that our decision, they, they, they have that power to do so. Um, but yeah, when you go, you go to court pretty much to update the court on the pro the progress, you know, of the parents, how the, the child's well-being and how things are, are moving forward with the case or not, um, you know, depending on what the parents um are doing at that time, but I think it's it's, it's a process that's needed. Um, I think most parents they 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 have a fear of the courts, so sometimes they want to put their best foot forward, and you know it it can help it can help you know possibly steer them in a in a in the right direction. You know, hearing a judge you know provide you know feedback to them could possibly you know give them you know more hope. Um, you know, along with some of the supports that they have, you know, natural supports in the community. Um, so, but I definitely, definitely an advocate for all parents. I try not to be um, biased, um, you know, about the reports that, you know, what brought the children into care, you know, they get a, they get a fair, they get a fair, um, fair shake with me, um, I talk to them, I treat them with respect. Um, and, you know, I expect, expect that, you know, that in return. And I typically have a, a pretty good relationship, even even parents that I've worked with, where the kid, the children, you know, didn't reunify with them. Um, I still had a pretty good relationship with them, you know, although the outcome wasn't, you know, what they wanted. Right. So, you know, well, and you really, you are walking with people in some of the hardest spots in their life. I mean, they've right. gotten their kid ch children taken from them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like you have the ability to really like encourage and help and, and walk in a really dark place, hard place in people's lives when their kids have been taken. And so. Yeah, they're definitely in a very vulnerable place. Um, and probably at some, you know, some of them are at the lowest point ever. Um, so I, I, I enjoy, um, you know, seeing some of them rise from that um, and turn things around. And sometimes it sometimes it can be, you know, just just the encouragement, um, you know, given from a you know a social worker or any professional um, that's working with them, that that could really you know change their lives. Um, you know, I don't have that success story yet, but <laughs> I'm hoping that you know I can hear one one of my parents say, you know, he said something to me that kind of you know made me change my 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 thought process, and you know, I got myself together, got my life together. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you get up and do everything. That's why you get up in the morning when you get to go to sleep, right? 
Yes. <laughs> last night. <laughs> so, so tell me what's one of the most challenging parts of your job? Um, I would say for a foster care social worker, I think it's one of the challenging um, parts of the job is working with so many different entities. Um, you know, you have to work with the parents, you have to work with the children, you have to work with the, you know, the placement provider. If, if children have multiple, you know, if there's multiple parents or dads involved in the case. So it's a lot of different components to that. And um, I will also say another challenge is, you know, the documentation, keeping up with that and, and making sure that you are documenting, um, you know, everything, you know, in a timely manner. So that those are definitely some some challenging, challenging things that I think most social workers deal with, if not all. Well, um, and I think probably too, like the time. So like you just are very busy all the time. So to find the time, speaking into your challenge, but like to find the time to do the documentation, probably. Yeah, that too. I mean, I, I think with, with the whole COVID is kind of, it helped, I believe, because it kind of limited us going out to the home. So less travel time um, and, you know, more time to actually devote to, to documentation. Um, but I know now starting April, we'll, we'll start going back out and seeing, seeing kids in the home. Well, so. so I think that's something that's really interesting too, is you don't have just kids who are in Catawba County. Where's the farthest place you've had a child that you've had to go visit? Um, I've had a kid well, probably the furthest out was Pilot Mountain. Um, okay. So from here, it was probably uh, maybe about ninety minutes. Okay. One way. Yeah. Um, so it was it was definitely a nice a nice travel. Um, I de definitely planned. I didn't plan anything on those days that I was traveling to Pilot Mountain because I knew it was going to be an all day um, event, but. Um, I actually enjoy working with that family and that family actually, um, you know, reunified with the children. So, oh, awesome. That's so great. That, so that was, uh, that was definitely worth it. Yeah. Well, so, so just for listeners to know what happens is kids come into care and um, first of all, the, the county looks for either like a kinship placement or a family who is, lives in the, the county, Catawba County. And then if they can't find a foster or kinship placement for those children, then they start, they turn to private agencies and look across the entire state of North Carolina. So you could have, uh, I mean, Maurice, you could have kids in Wilmington. I mean, you haven't, yeah. but you could have kids in Raleigh. You could have kids in, you know, Asheville or, Mur you know, Murphy, you know, so, so right. the, a reality of time too is just that yeah. when a kid comes into care, that doesn't mean they're going to stay in Catawba County. And Absolutely. So implications of that means that social workers are driving a lot more but it also means the child is taken out of the area or the home that they know too which can can be you know traumatic as well so instead of driving by the same walmart every day or driving by <laughs> the church that grandma went to or the school that sh they were used to they they they're taken out of county and so i think that's another reason not just for the social worker side but also for the child side to just say we yeah. need foster care families in this area so that that it can be positive for both the child and the social worker um, right. and family as well so you know what and speaking of speaking of that um in in my case where the, the children were in pilot mountain they were actually it was a kinship 
Um, it was a kinship placement and the kinship family actually found, they, they, you know, they basically moved to Pilot Mountain um, and we kept the case. So, you know, typically you can kind of, you know, actual assistance, but we pretty much just kept, kept the case and made those visits monthly. Um, so, but again, yeah. like you said, No, that. No, I was saying so. That one is a little different than what yeah, I. Yeah, that. Yeah, that one was pretty. But you're right, though. The kids could end up in anywhere. I, I've heard someone say they had kids in like in Chicago. Like they had to travel <laughs> to, um, so they would go at the end of the month and see them on thirty or four, and then actually go see them again on the first. So they'll be able to cover the two visits. Yeah, that might have happened. The case that I had, we were working with a grandma in New York. And so uh, yeah. if that yeah. child had gone to New York, you would have been going to New York. Yes, absolutely. Uh, right? Because <laughs> until the case was closed. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I think that's fascinating. I don't think that's a piece of the puzzle that I really realized um, is a big right. puzzle. It is, it is. Um, because you have to, to visit the home. When a child is in a home, you have to visit the home once a month. Once a month, have to see the child in a home once, once a, month. a month. Yeah. So, and that's, that's for the protection of the child. So absolutely, uh, that adds to your load as well. So what's one absolutely. of the rewarding things about your job? We kind of talked about this, but. Um. Um, yeah. Well, seeing kids uh, reunify with family, um, seeing, uh, I, I would say moms and dads that reunify um, actually, <clears throat> you know, make progress. Um, and actually realize that I've had a I've had a parent tell me that you're not so bad at after all. <laughs> like I guess initially, you know, when you when you're requesting, you know, for them to do drug screens and things like that, it could be it could be um, you know overwhelming to them and things that they don't want to do. But in the end, you know, I guess when you know when reunification is there, they 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 see a different side of it. And then they uh, they get appreciated. So for me, the rewarding part is seeing children reunify with parents, and also seeing parents, uh, you know, change their life around. I have some parents that I still communicate with today uh, that's been reunified, and even some that's not been reunified, I still have communication with them. I love that, but I think that's that's the reason we all do what we do. You know, I've on this yeah. I have interviewed guardian med litems, I've interviewed foster families, I've interviewed. Um, another social worker who's a foster parent and mm -hmm. the thread is we do this for reunification we do yep. so that the child stays in the home if it's safe and so right I just I think it's I think one of the things that I love about that is that I've gotten to interview different pieces of the puzzle throughout mm -hmm. you know throughout different players in the in but the thread is the same the point same, yeah the point is reunification the point is reunification same goal everybody has the same that's goal. right so that um so that that child can remain in the birth family um Absolutely. yeah how do you maintain sanity and keep stress down um for me since i i live in charlotte um so it's a, it's almost an hour commute you know to the office so for me at the end of the day um just driving home listening to music um helps me kind of kind of wind down my, my my day so that when I get home, it's pretty much out of my system and I could kind of, you know, begin my home life. 
Um, so I, I think I think that's important. Um, I think some some people may say, you know, that drive is, you know, too much. They can't do it every day. Um, although I don't have to do it every day now because of COVID restrictions and working from home, the opportunity to work from home a little bit more. Um, I don't have to drive it every day, but when I do um, and I have, have a stressful day, I can definitely, you know, enjoy the ride home and, and kind of kind of take a deep breath and relax a little bit. <laughs> so. Did you, I, that's interesting. Did you apply for this job knowing that you were going to need the one hour drive or has it kind of just been a hidden blessing that happened because of it? So I, I always, I wanted to, I, I attempted to work, I applied for Ga, a Gastonia DSS and then get, didn't get a call back. Um, I didn't apply in Mecklenburg because I heard the requirements. I didn't, I didn't meet the requirements for that. So I didn't even apply for that. But then I had a friend that worked here, um, um, social worker, Marsha Gates. And she told me about the position and um, she was like, you know, I think you'd be good for the position and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll refer you. So I was like, okay. And, you know, me not thinking nothing of it. And, um, you know, I didn't care. I didn't care about the travel. It didn't matter to me because she lived in Charlotte and, and, and she was making a commute. So I figured if she could do it, I could do it as well. Um, so I was able to get an interview and, you know, met Chrissy and, you know, the rest is history. I'm here. Yep. So that, that drive ended up being a hidden blessing to keep, yes, yes, to keep yes. you coming back. Yeah, I don't I don't mind it at all anyway. That's awesome. A road warrior. That's awesome. <laughs> do you feel like you've had any secondary trauma from the work that you do? Um I yeah, I, I think so. I think that's something we deal with um a lot because you know you you really get engulfed in your cases. Um if you don't have a heart, you shouldn't be doing this job anyway. Um, so you definitely, um, definitely have some trauma from, from these cases. You, you, you take it home with you. You try not to as much as possible, but it's hard not to, it's hard not to, you know, especially you working with kids that, that really can't fend for themselves and you, you know, you just want the best outcome for them. So I would say yes. So does your drive help you deal with that trauma or what, what? Um, I, I, I work out, um, spend time with my family, like my, my grandkids, I have grandchildren. Um, they live so, with you, right? No, not anymore. Not we anymore? Actually, yeah. We actually, um, parted ways. So my daughter, my daughter, um, you know, moved out and got her own place. So, so we are all, you know, so I get to visit them, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Um, so spending time with them is always fun. Uh, keep me on my toes. They're very busy. Um, I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So that's awesome. They, they definitely help with my stress. I don't really have no worries. It's just happy to enjoy the, you know, time with them. So. so from your perspective, as a foster care social worker, what would you say makes a good foster family? Hmm. I would say... Um, someone with extreme patience, um, you know, open heart, um, loving home, um, and, and, and not necessarily um, have to be, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, 
uh, a two-parent home, um, but you just have to have a lot of love to, to provide, you know, to give to that child. Um, I, I think, um, and I reflect back now, like on my grandmother, um, she was raising me um, at the time that she um, had foster children, but we had a, we had a, several children come through the home and I, that I kind of bonded with. And I was like, you know, they came in and they left. I was like, man, I wake up in the morning, they go. And I'm like, man, I, I enjoyed that child. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely bonded and, and, and connected with children, you know, easily. Um, but also the ones that we have now that, that, that we adopted, um, I, I have a relationship with one of them, a close relationship with one of them. The other two, they're kind of like, they're, they're, you know, living their lives and, you know, doing their own thing. Uh, but they, you know, they are doing fine. Um, but I, I reflect on my grandmother and, and, you know, she just, she just offered like, it was a stern love <laughs> she provided, like a real stern love because she knows she was raising boys. Um, but she definitely had a lot of love to give them and a lot of wisdom. She wasn't, she wasn't um, an educated woman, mm. um, but she had a lot of love and wisdom and I learned a lot from her. So, and I, I believe that the, the foster kids and the adoptive kids um, learned a lot from her as well. That's amazing. So she, she was a foster parent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you first described, I didn't know if it was a kinship placement or if she mm-hmm. was a foster no. parent. She had, we, we, she adopted siblings. So, so they were actually, um, I think it was like 15 of them, <laughs> but she adopted two, she adopted two oh, twins, okay. <laughs> she adopted two twin siblings. And then she wind up, uh, um, fostering another young man. He looked, he, he, he looked like he could be related to them, but he wasn't related to them. And she adopts, she wound up adopting him as well. So that's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. I love that. That is a huge part of your story. Um, and yeah. do what you do. Yes. What do you want the general public to know about being a foster care worker? Um, that it, it's a very demand. It's a very demanding job, um, and that we are humans, and you know we don't always you know get things right. Um, and you deal with a lot of different personalities, you know, different people with different personalities. And, you know, we're not robots, you know, we, we do have feelings about things, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people want to be liked, you know, as, as a foster care social worker, you're not in this field because you, you just cold hearted, you know, you, you're in this field because you, you respect people, you love people and you want to, you want to see people prosper. Um, so, I would say that, you know, be patient with, be patient with us. (laughs) I know I can, um, you know, struggle at times with with certain things. Like even for me, I think some of my weaknesses are, you know, having difficult conversations with parents or even, you know, placement providers or maybe even children, you know, it's it's hard to have these conversations because I am human. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but, you know, sometimes those conversations um, need to be had. So, I'm learning to 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 improve in that area so that I can um, you know address issues that need to be addressed. Um, but just be patient with the social workers. Social workers is 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 not perfect. We're definitely not perfect. I know I'm far from it. Um, 
but I definitely try to improve every day. Well, and you're in it for the right reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. How do people react when you tell them you're a social worker? Do you ever get any weird reactions when you say, I'm a social worker? No, nah, they, they always say, wow, that's an odd job. <laughs> they always say, I don't want to do your job. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not that bad now. Um, but I definitely understand it because I guess when I hear other people occupations, I'd be like, ah, I couldn't do that job. So I kind of under, understand the reaction. Um, We're all gifted in different ways. Yes, absolutely. I, in fact, before we started recording, I said to you, I couldn't do your job. Yeah. I don't know why you say that. You could definitely do this. You stayed up all night, Maurice. I, I oh, like my beauty sleep. Oh, you do that. Come on now. I'm sure. Well, that's true. That is true. I don't stay all night long, but I have kids in my home and I get, yeah. you're right. I just oh, trust me. You're right. Yeah. I your, stay job is, your job is far worse than mine. I'll tell you that. <laughs> trust me. I'm the one dealing with throw up at 3 a.m. So. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't want that one. <laughs> um, well, oh it's been a great conversation. Do you have anything you want to kind of add or say before we come? I, I, I do want to say that I, I definitely, and I know this is definitely off topic, but I do want to tell you that, that I appreciate you as a foster parent, as an adoptive parent, as a leader in the community. Um, you, know, you and your husband are amazing, and I thank you guys. I thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it's, I've always appreciated working with you guys. Um, made it so easy to work with, um, communication. You were doing the job. You was helping me with my job. I appreciate you. <laughs> so I just oh, want to, I just want to give my my gratitude to you for for you know being being an amazing amazing woman. Um, I have loved getting to know you and see your hard work. Like I said, I, um, <laughs> I appreciate you. Maurice, will you end us on a fun or joyful story about being a social worker? So either something a kid did or said or something funny, something happy. Um, okay, I could, I could reflect back to, and it, I'm being fully transparent at this point in time, um, I go back to my first reunification um, with a non-removal dad. Um, had no clue, um, you know, that he was even the father. Um, immediately stepped right up, came in and did whatever whatever was asked of him. And I and I I remember I can remember to this day that first the 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 night the foster parents brought the kids to the agency for, for him to transition the child home. Like it was just, like I, I, I cried with him. Like he cried and, and I, and he, and I speak to him probably via text. I speak to him probably at least once a month or maybe twice a month. He texts and pictures. So it's like, I, like I literally, literally cried. I was like, wow, I was so excited. So happy for this man because he was such a great person um, great dad and he stepped up for his for his child and you know and he always say um he was like he's gonna remember you I'm gonna make sure he remembers you <laughs> I know my little accent I know I sound <laughs> he's gonna remember you I was like and I said don't worry I'm gonna always remember you guys so 
that was that that's kind of like my joyful I hope it was joyful it might be a little sentimental but it was definitely definitely a happy happy moment I remember that that moment like it was yesterday I Mm. swear I love that story and what I love about that story is I know which story you're talking about and I'm friends with the foster mama and mama still keeps that little boy often yes 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 (laughs) See, like, I I love that picture because it literally like this is why we're doing it. Like we have relationships. It takes a village. Like we yes. we want to we want this child to be healthy and with his birth family. And man, like, man. is it to see the foster mom who still supports, supports who stepped up and the social worker who still you know ha ah, this is like that's the point. So thank you. Yes, that is no, that is amazing. I'm happy I was part of that. Like so so blessed to be part of that so and i feel like on days that are hard you remember those days definitely definitely that is awesome memorial has been a joy thank you for talking with me um Mm -hmm. and um, if you want to find out more information about how to foster and adopt in catawba county you can um google family builders of catawba county or go to um, fostering hope catawba This has been Friends of Foster Care, a podcast of Fostering Hope Catawba. For more information, visit www.fosteringhopecatawba.com. Thanks for tuning in.